Praise be to Jesus and Mary, and welcome to the Catholic Family Podcast. This is the What is a Woman podcast, hosted by Mandy and Holly. Let's begin our show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the What is a Woman podcast. My name is Holly, and as always, I'm joined here with my mother, Mandy. And we'll begin this week's episode by saying, Jesus, Jesus meek and humble of heart, make our hearts like unto thine. Uh, so yeah, happy to be back for another week. And uh, sorry, I was just so distracted right now. I'm just gonna say, I because this just struck me. I'm looking out my front window. I can see one, two, three, four, maybe five deer in the field. Wow! Like you can't see them from where you, but they're like if you look straight. Anyways, I it caught my eye because you know what I did yesterday? What I ordered a pair of binoculars so you can watch. So the I eye. can because I saw one the other day and it was pretty close, but I couldn't really see his features or anything. Uh-huh. And I thought you know, I was because I was thinking about it and I was thinking nature, the natural nature and the habit the natural habitat of animals like that is one of God's beautiful gifts to us you know just right. to see animals in there and i thought you know i had it this, does thrill people it does and i thought you know i think i would like that if i'm sitting here doing my morning meditation my morning reading and i looked up <laughs> and i saw a deer and i thought i wish i had some binoculars to see that deer right and then here i am i'm starting the podcast and there's like five of them right yeah. there but my binoculars haven't come yet <laughs> i remember um going to florida and you're like trying to look look for crocodiles yeah. or alligators or whatever they have down there you know so every, everywhere when you go somewhere and you see, see the animals that are foreign yeah to your neck of the woods and I, like and exciting. there they are they're just walking out there and i thought i thought you know i wish i had a nice pair of binoculars to see all yeah. this wildlife that i see out here now and to enjoy god's beauty god's beauty you know but anyway so it, that i literally just started there god's they were. goodness god's goodness so um and you know what i think sometimes I do think, I mean, we always talk as Catholics, uh, you know, walking, and this is prevalent to a book that I'm reading right now, but walking the middle line. Right. Uh, not going to, to, to um, extremes right. on one side or the other, but as Catholics, we should keep that middle ground and right. we shouldn't be too extreme one way or the other. Um, but I was thinking about, you know, and there's so much evil and... Um, just bad things yeah. in the world, right? And we shouldn't go, we shouldn't ignore them. Like, we shouldn't just pretend we that should, they don't exist. We should have a general knowledge that we it have is a there knowledge. and it is lurking. But I was thinking about that and I was thinking, you know, we also should appreciate quiet little moments Yeah, to just take in God's beauty and God's nature and find little joys. Right. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, I think sitting in the chair every once in a while and watching if a deer comes, get my binoculars and look at the wildlife might be just i'm not gonna use the word therapeutic <laughs> stopping to smell the roses yeah that kind of that kind of thing so i hope it I, works. I said it i can't i'm trying to remember in my head what happened this week i forget anyway so it's, it's not relevant but i was talking to my mother and i said i didn't notice that i never noticed that it was something and i can't remember what mm-hmm. it was and then i stopped and i reflected and i said to her i said i think if i had noticed that would be um stopping what they would consider so, stopping to smell the roses yeah yeah and we don't i don't think we do that we enough. don't actually do it enough we don't i mean i had an aunt god bless her that oh my gosh everything was amazing yes 
You we, know? <laughs> we, 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 made, we, make the, we made this, like, not a joke, but we always said if you did something, like if you made something or if you put something yeah. together and you really wanted to be boosted up about it, you yeah. went to her because she'd go, oh, oh that's, that's so wonderful. wonderful. Everything was so wonderful. She's and just yet, this, like, little, I mean, she's still alive. She right. does have Alzheimer's, but yeah. she, she was this little ray of light. Yeah. You know, like she'd this. She'd say, we, we used to have a joke as Holly would come and make something and she'd show it to me. She'd say, oh, here, look what I did. And I'd go, yeah, that's nice. And, and that's she, my mom's reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and she'd go, can I have a little Aunt Doreen for a minute? <laughs> I'd go, oh, I'm sorry. That's wonderful. <laughs> Like that's what I was looking for. Anyway, right, yeah, and your sisters do it. Everybody does it. Like, can you can you, you know, act like you care? Act like you care. <laughs> anyways, that's just us being silly. But yeah. So, uh, anyways, so anything. I did want to tell oh. a little story. Okay, she's got a story. For I got us. a little story because we mentioned our our friend uh, Ken McFadden last week in the mm-hmm. podcast. May he rest in peace. Um, it was kind of off the cuff that I mentioned to Father. You know, do you want to go see him? Mm-hmm. Right? He's he's up there. He's dying, and and he's somewhat alone. Yeah. And so father said, yeah, absolutely. So he went. But a funny thing happened, which we just found out while he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, he was leaving from visiting Ken McFadden, and he got stopped in the hallway by somebody, some random person, who said, "You may want to go see this person." I think they would really like to see you. Yeah. And um, so anyway, so he said, sure. And sure enough, this person um, was in the room beside Ken McFadden. Mm-hmm. And when he went in there, it was an old lady who was dying. She was in her last moments. But the woman was wearing a scapular. Mm-hmm. How how providential. Right? It was yeah. almost like, you know. A miracle. Like father got sent to the hospital for that woman. I would say a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you know? that's the power of the scapular right there. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, all these series of coincidences put father in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that was great that, you know, our, our friend Ken mm-hmm. did, you know, become one again with our Lord before he died. Yeah. So that's kind of glorious too. But I feel like it was... You know, it was that woman in the in the bed beside him, in the room beside him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that no. put father in the hospital. Right. For sure. You know, so God does. Uh, it's a line out of um, the movie Jesus of Nazareth that always struck me, and I know this isn't the Gospels, and I don't actually know how close they are. It is to the Gospels, but when um, the divine Augustine orders the census for you know the Jews to go get counted Mm -hmm. um saint joseph goes to saint anna and wakes her and says we have to go to um where were they going bethlehem Bethlehem. right we have to go to bethlehem (laughs) sorry (laughs) sometimes the obvious gets forgotten yeah Yeah. (laughs) um and and she says uh and and i can't i think he says it to her and she said oh that's a travel that's a thing and and he says even the divine augustus obeys god yeah right so i mean whether you know so in the movie like saint joseph knew they had to go to bethlehem yeah 
and they and they were being summoned and mm-hmm. it was it was exactly really that bad. so it's all the little things that go on in our life right. that put people where they need to be and we need to cooperate with that and not yeah and not try to fight it or resist tr- it or not to try to fight it or our re- own path forge our own path we have to be looking for the will of god that we're always you know moving to where he wants us to be mm-hmm. and not fighting it like you know just think about that for a minute if you know you know say saint joseph and uh, blessed virgin were just average people that would i can't go to bethlehem i'm yeah. about to have a baby yeah. you know <laughs> like yeah. just think about it right yeah. like i mean how, how many people um, that's their first reaction that would be their first reaction like this i have stuff going on i can't do you know yeah I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, this is more, this is because they have, we have our own preconceived notions of what the way um, things should be and, you know, what's important. And I mean, basically, I mean, who would think it's important for a woman ready to give birth to make a, a horrible journey mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. You know, every woman would fight that kicking and screaming. Yeah. You know, they would. Yeah. Like, I'm about to have a baby, and you want me to pick, pick up, up and, and go? go? Yeah. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. Right? But, I, but I get, like, that's how we have to always live our life paying attention to what does God want. Not what I think is sensible or practical. Right. What does God want? Yes. Right. So, do we have anything else we would like to talk about before we jump into the book? Or are we going to? No, I think we're gonna we're gonna finish up this this uh, chapter on chapter. I, the one thing that I have noticed, and maybe um, you've noticed the same, but when we go to talk about something in the book, you think the chapter is going to go in a certain direction. Okay. And do you find it goes in weird places that <laughs> you did not think that was going to happen? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I don't, uh, I I see the chapter coming up and then I'm like, oh, I get what you're saying. Like you get an idea in your mind of where it's going to go, like what it's going to talk about. Yeah. And then when you, like, when I you don't, get into it, you're like, okay. <laughs> like don't, don't, don't you find it, in, like I found very particularly interesting talking about those older women that latch on to younger people yeah like i didn't expect to see he read that. Uh, yes yeah no i get what you mean like that's not where i thought he was going to take that choice of a friend yeah like i thought you know well like i mean don't make bad friends don't, don't pick bad friends pick friends who love jesus and mary like i mean yeah. that's what we said all growing up no. like i thought you know that would be the vein you know that would be obviously that is the way this goes right but the author in the book sets before us all the pitfalls mm-hmm. that we may have not even thought about right well because who thinks of that who sits there and goes i shouldn't be friend with friends with i shouldn't go under the wing of an older woman that's going to lead me astray nobody yes. thinks <laughs> like that yeah no and it was and then when i reflect like practically every single especially if it's a young girl who's gone astray from the church you can probably you can find that person in their life that did that to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I just found, I just, I was like, after after reflecting, yeah. you know, I thought about that. But so we'll finish on and see yeah, what so else it has to say. What else has to say about choice of a friend. Choice of a friend. All right. So we'll just pick back up our book here. So, uh, quote, But a union of hearts is more commonly brought about by a blind sympathy or a constant intercourse 
or a certain similarity of inclinations and tastes. A young woman naturally looks for an indulgent friend who will overlook her foibles and and excuse her faults. She even prefers sometimes a friend who shares her own defects and views with indifference in others what is reprehensible in her own conduct. Now the similarity of disposition which may properly lead two virtuous souls to form a close friendship with each other should keep apart females who have no other bond of union than a vice or a foible of the heart, end quote. Well, what I thought about when I was reading that was I pictured every high school movie I'd ever watched where all the kids are in little groups. Clicks. Clicks, right? Mm-hmm. You want you want to call you might want to call it clicks. Mm-hmm. And um, and it and that's exactly why clicks happen. Right, because you're attracted to people of similar tastes. Yes. It's like-minded souls, again, are attracted to like-minded souls. souls. Yeah. Right? So when you think of, like, I'm, I'm just, you know, like the cool girls, like the hip girl, like, you know, the blondes and, the, you know, the, mm-hmm. with the, the fashionistas or whatever yeah. you want to call them versus the nerds and versus the sporty people over here. Well, or I'll take it back to when I was in high school. Like, you know, there were, uh, I hate stereotypes, but the, there's no other. There were kids that were, quote, unquote, called emo yeah, emo. Like you would never see an emo kid walking around with a pretty young blonde. Right. Like you know, right. they just didn't. They didn't have anything in common. Or I mean, here's an even an even weirder thing is people who are maybe overweight. Right. You know, they te- they don't. If you're like, it's kind of. I mean, it's I mean, harsh the, to say, but it's it, harsh it's to a say, reality. but it's a reality. So, I mean, and hopefully, I'm going to say this. This is, we're looking at things from a worldly perspective. Like, we're going to hope that these things don't happen amongst our nice traditional circles. Right. That people take people who for who they are. But the reason they do happen is like um, somebody who is a little on the heavier side, right, Um, is going to hang out with another person who's on the heavier side. Mainly because then they can just eat together. Right. You know, like the, the person won't be judging them yeah. for eating a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, and and when they go, say a person on the heavier side is going to go with this, you know, little trim thing. Yeah. Well, they can't indulge their own vices. Yeah. Never mind saying these girls don't accept me for who I am. They're uncomfortable in that situation because those girls don't eat. Right. You know? So, I mean, this is this is actually the way the world works. It's the way the author points it out. And it has a very just reason. You know, you are attracted to those people who are going to allow you to do what you, you want, want to, to do. do. Well, I was just going to say, one line that stuck out to me was... Um, she even prefers sometimes a friend who shares her own defects. Yes. Defect is not a good thing. Right. So like if you think about it, if you are the type of person that and I'm not like I'm just using an example here. I'm not saying anybody's like this, but if you're if you think of a type of person that wants to will use gossiping as a problem for women. Yeah. Okay, so we'll use it as an example. If you're a person who likes to gossip right. and you're sitting there with somebody or think of a person who likes to gossip, you're sitting, she's sitting there with somebody and she wants to talk about this person, that person, that person. And if you're sitting there with somebody who puts a nail in that coffin, 
Yeah. Are you going to want to sit with her? Yeah. No. Cause no, because you can't they're do not what in, you want to do. They're not They're not interesting to you. They're not interesting to you. You want to sit there and you want to gossip, but this person is like, no, we're not doing that. Right. So if right. that's your defect, mm-hmm. like we have fallen human nature and we have to overcome these things, obviously, right, right. but that's exactly what the author is saying. Yeah. You're going to want to find somebody... A choice of friend to me, like you're going to want to find something that's not going to add to your defect. Right. And so as Catholic women, we want to find our friendships as people who sing to our soul. Right. Right. So like, you know, I mean, I, I personally don't have friendships outside of the church. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and it's, it's not, even when I was, even when I was younger and I knew a lot of people, well, actually your brother said to me once, he said, uh, cause we were coming out of the grocery store and he said to me, he said, um, I never seen anybody like you and grandpa before. My dad was the same. He goes like, you know, everybody and you have no, no friends. friends. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know that's because I can't bond with these people like i can be friendly and i can be charitable and i can be acquaintance with them but you know there's no rooted friendship there's no rooted friendship and a young girl that was in my care once um she was out doing something and i said you can't make friends with people who don't you know love truth or love you know the catholic religion and she said she was (laughs) this was funny because she said i was nuts (laughs) she said you can be, fr- you don't have to agree with everybody on everything. You can be friends with them. And I'm like, no, you can be friendly with them, but you can't be friends. Yeah. And she said, no, you know, and I said, listen, I'm going to tell you what will happen. I said, eventually you will say and do something that they can't adjust themselves to. Or vice versa. Or vice, well, vice versa. I said, because you believe in too many things that are contrary to the world. Right. Like you will say, you know, like, and it's happened to me. Oh, well, it's happened to me. So I just got used to it. Mm -hmm. I was just like, what, what, you don't believe in evolution? (laughs) Like, no. You know, well, what are you, crazy? What are you, stupid? You know, and I'm like, everybody knows. I mean, I had a big fight with somebody at work once. Or, you know, like. Even too, not even just, you know thoughts like they're going to eventually ask you to do something you're not going to be willing to do right to go places you're not willing to go right or see things you're not willing to see yeah like you know how can you be friends with somebody and they call you up and they say oh hey this movie's playing come see it with me oh no i'm sorry i can't see that movie yeah you can't see that like you know it's just you're just asking for well with this young girl she met some boy in a in the coffee shop, right? Mm-hmm. And she was just like, and I says, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. He's not even Catholic. You're not going to have, you know, and she, she was like adamant that I was, I said, I said, you don't even have to bring anything up. They will bring, they it, will up. bring it up. Yeah. They will bring it up because they'll be picking your brain. And when you disagree with everything they say, well, you know, she knew him for a week. And by the end of the week, he had blocked and deleted her on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I said, well, I mean, that didn't take time for God to show you the truth of that. And, and well, the other thing is, though, here's the thing. You know, you shouldn't, like, <clears throat> you never know that you may have the ability to, A, convert somebody mm-hmm. or change their life. But you need to be, I think, this, and this is just my own humble opinion, 
you need to be in a place spiritually that you're able to do that and yeah. not be swayed by them. Right. And I also <coughs> believe that God needs to put them in your path. Right. You don't go out and yeah. search for them. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, right. So I, it's not, I don't want this to come off as like, oh, not Catholic, X. No. You get the X Well, what life, I said to her, like know? I am, well, I, well, that's why my son said, how do you know every, I mean, everybody, like, and I've had people, you know, saddle up to me my whole life mm-hmm. and want to be my friend. I just have that kind of a personality, I guess. Yeah. You know, but they, they soon will be my enemy. Like, right. and I know that in my head. If like, they don't listen, want it. Listen. You know, you can be my friend all you want to be my friend. <laughs> but, you know, this uh, this might turn sour. And yeah. I'm always prepared for that because, A, I've well, lived Well, you don't actually years. say that to people. No, it's just in okay, my head. That's a, I was like, did you specify that? You don't walk up to no. people and go, no. I'll be your friend, but. <laughs> this is going to turn sour so, because no. I'm eventually going to say something. That you're not and you're going to have a problem with it. And, and it's, and I, what I said to this young girl, I said, it's not on my part. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be friendly to anybody. I don't, I don't have, um, you know, what's the word? Like biases or yeah. like, I don't discriminate. Yeah. You know, and especially if you come into my life, I say, God's put you there. Yeah. I don't actually go looking for people, but you know, if they, they yeah. come into my life all the time and when they do, I say, God has put you here. You're in my life for a reason until you take yourself out of my life. Right. But I fully expect that to eventually happen. Well, yeah, or or you may have the you may have a good effect on people. Yeah, you know, like you may mm-hmm. you may be like. That's why I think you always just keep a charitable outlook and a, a friendly. Yeah, yeah, acquaintance, yeah. Acquaintance, right? You need to be. Um, per, uh, yeah. perception about it yes we're talking about like we're not going to be best friends but i if god wants to work through me yeah and have an effect on you it's up to you if you take that or not mm-hmm. you know but you don't go okay well you know this here's this person they have some bad qualities they they're into some bad things i'm going to make them my best friend and try to change them right. that's not the and and what i noticed too throughout life because a lot of times you'll have you either you or yourself you pick wrong friends Or your children, you know, are picking really bad friends. Right. And um, I mean, and I've heard it said a million times, well, if they just didn't have these bad friends. And I'm just like, okay, they have these bad friends because they are a problem. They chose them. They chose those friends. So that means they're equally. Right. You know, like-minded souls choose like-minded souls. So when you see that your child is choosing bad friends... That's not the friend's problem. That's Well, and I think that's why as Catholics, we need to be very careful not to fall into victim mentality. Yeah. You know, we need to we need to not say things like, you know, well, this person did this to me and that's why I am the way I am. Yeah. You know, or like, um, you know, oh, I fell into bad friends and they ruined everything for me. Well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... You, you fell into bad friends them. because you that's you what you were them. attracted to. You know, so we have we we do have to walk that very fine line of making sure that we put the onus and the blame on ourselves. God gave us free will. Right. He didn't give another person free will to control me. Right. 
it's you. You know, you chose this. You know, I mean, even right now, look, take a, take a moment, ladies, and look around and, you know, see who your friends are. See, see, step, take a step back and say, and then ask yourself, why are these people my friends? Right. You know, you can be friends with people because you share a great love of, like, maybe homesteading or homeopath. That's a big thing. People love that. The bread making. The bread making, you know. Or, you know, you love to crochet or you love to sew. And, you know, and you do build up friendships just because you have a certain desire for love for something. Talent or hobby. Talent or hobby. Like, say, you sing and you're in a group with singers, you know. Like, obviously, not everybody, you know. But... I think you you have to you have to evaluate why you why do you what is it you like about these people mm-hmm. and is it a reflection on your own soul right you know yeah. and also to think about um, you know when you're raising your children when you see them going in wrong directions with bad friends mm-hmm. like um, that that's uh, that's the moment that you have. I mean, I, we, I saw that. I saw that with mm-hmm. you and uh, you especially. Yes. You were the one. Well, that- it, it, it's a big part of why I fell away. Right. And it took me a long time to learn. Because for, for a long time, even when I came back to the faith, yeah. I put the blame on everybody else. Right. Well, I shouldn't have been friends with this person. They dragged me away. They were a bad influence. They were this. Okay, but at the end of the day, I chose them. Yes. So there was something in my heart that there was a piece of me that wanted that. They didn't blindfold me and drag me off with a bag no. over my head. No. Absolutely. You know, so so when you look that that's I think the main point here, especially when it comes to our children. Like we're older now and we're yeah, more Yeah, we're wise. We're, we're wiser with this. But especially when we're looking at our children, just always remember these people did not put a bag over your kid's head and kidnap them. Right. You know, so just keep that in mind. And, and I do know it's a, it's a, you know, I mean, we, we have it here. Like you're constantly trying to find good friends for your kids. Yeah. You know, and, um, it's, you know. It's tricky. It's very I mean, hard. With our kid, with our kids, they don't really have much of a choice of their friends. No, they're all related. They're all related <laughs> and they don't know anybody else. Also, but like, I mean, usually when kids go into public school system. Yeah. That's when it really... Because I mean, comes the, pressure. It, the bigger the bigger the public school. Like if you yeah. went to high school, like if you went to a school with say two thousand kids, mm-hmm. you know that's a lot of people to find your and that and kids are looking for that. They're looking for where they belong. Right. They're right? looking for their click. They're looking for their click. Yeah. So um, so these are just things to think about, about when we're talking about friendships. Okay, so back to the book here. Quote, the selection of a friend is sometimes as important for a young woman as that of a spiritual director. She ought, therefore, to give it all the time and attention required by so grave an affair, as it may lead to the most serious consequences for her temporal and eternal welfare. This friend should be, sorry, this friend should possess above all things a sincere and enlightened piety. Here is a very delicate point, which demands the most serious reflection. A false piety may sometimes have the same inconveniences as no piety at all. By suggesting counsels prejudicial to one's happiness and spiritual good, a worldly woman will excuse the faults that are made known to her, while a Christian woman will condemn them. But with that charity which will encourage the penitent and inspire her with a proper sense of her dignity, she aims particularly at preventing the repetition 
repetition of a fault by administering good advice and at diminishing the pain of its acknowledgement by her kind sympathy with the offender, end quote. All right, so do your friends tell you what you want to hear or tell you what you need to hear? Right. Right, I, so I mean most people, and I mean I've seen it. I, I've seen, it's, to me it just is so fake all the time. Because you see it, you see it on, well, fake, fake book. Fake book, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like the oh, you the, you know, like I this is you know. Well, yeah, I know we talked about it on here before. The 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 constant praising and the constant saying that something is good and beautiful when it's not, just because you know. I don't know. You're behind a computer screen. You don't want to hurt someone's feelings. I don't know. Well, I think it's really bad on Facebook that the people tell you what you want to hear. But but also, too, like, I mean, I raised you guys to not really want friends. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. Like, I I mean, which is not entirely 100% correct. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, there's a whole, in the sermons of St. Bernadine, there's a whole sermon of the importance of, friendship especially among women mm-hmm. right but i mean i was raising kids that were in the world yeah and there wasn't ex- there wasn't exactly a lot of friendship you know that you know pick friends that love jesus and mary they were <laughs> slim pickings they were few and far between you know and um but the thing was was i just said do not do not put stock into these friends yeah because i mean if you go back and to the way the world runs, not the way hopefully people in the church run, but you know they get young kids will get so tied up in these friendships, and um, that they're the end all be all to everything, mm-hmm. right? And th- these friendships, especially among girls, I don't think it's as bad among boys, mm-hmm. but girls they will stab you in the back faster than look at you behind your back. Like I'm talking about, like we're talking about an average high school or an average what's going on in the secular world. Again, hopefully these are not the issues. Right. But I think we need to be, I need, I think we need to be a little bit real and a little bit as Catholics. uh, This may sound really harsh, but not so judgmental as to think that we're all just living in a good Catholic bubble. Right. So the reason why we say these things is not because, (coughs) well, for me anyways, it's not because, you know, we want to be, we obviously we want the world to be one good, holy Catholic place, but it's not. And there are people that are coming into the church new and fresh. And there are people that are at different spiritual levels. And there are people that this may be prevalent for them. Yeah. And I don't think it should be ignored, and I don't think we should live in this false realism and say these things don't exist. And we should also not think that our kids are not above, or that our kids are not able to be in these situations. Right, just because they're in just Catholic. because they're Catholic, Catholic you know, Catholic like situations. these are things that you know we should be knowledgeable knowledgeable about and be prepared for right. in case they do come down the pipeline for us. Yes. Yes. You know, because again, not everybody is at a perfect spiritual level. level. Right. Right. But I mean, the thing was what I said when you guys, because you were in a public school system, so I was very blunt about it. Mm. I said, those friends will turn turn on you. Like friend, there's a real nasty form of friendship where the friends will not have you be better than them. Mm-hmm. They're all about. Especially among teenage girls. Especially among teenage girls. 
they're all about, you know, you being okay as long as you're okay worse than them. Yeah. You know, but, and they will, the jealousy and this kind of stuff between them, and they will, they will sabotage you faster mm -hmm. than an enemy does sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Right? So, I mean, I was like, I was always on you guys about beware of friends, beware mm -hmm. of friends, because I just, well, I mean, I guess maybe because I'd been, uh, Burned yourself? Burned a, million, a few times <laughs> myself. You know, and I realized that my that these people that I were calling, this is when I was in my youth, obviously, people I were calling friends never had my best interest at heart. Never. Right. And that's why I think I'm just going to point out this one line that I read here because I there's little bits in these books and there's certain when I read them and I'm processing it, I'm like, that is the probably you know the most important part and i've done the, i've started doing this thing where when i'm reading a book i highlight the important yeah. sentence because i really want to remember it and i really want to stick to it but um this part where it says attend she must give it all the time and attention required by so grave an affair as it may lead to the most serious consequences for a temporal and eternal welfare so the author is telling us this is not your choice of friend is not to be taken lightly Right. And who you let in most close to you and most um, intimate to you, like, because that's what a friend is, right, a close right. person, an intimate relationship and friendship. Like, if you have a real friendship with somebody, you're letting somebody very close to you. Right. You're spending time with them. You're opening yourself up to them. It will play an impact on your spiritual and temporal welfare. Right. 100% it will. So this is a task that the author is telling us that a woman should not take lightly. Mm -hmm. She should be very careful about who she lets in. Right. Close to her. You know, because this person will have an impact on you spiritually. I had a friend in my youth that always um, uh, changed my behavior when I was with them. that person. Yes, I can think of time. Like, I was, and I will say, when I think back on my life, I was one person when I was with one friend. I was one person when I was with another exactly. friend. I was very, I was very influenced by people. Well, that's because you're young and you can't fit, you're trying to fit, figure out where you click. Well, and I was also a people pleaser too. Yeah. Like, I, I was the, per, I was the friend that wanted to tell everybody what they wanted to hear. Right. You were that friend that said, oh, no, you look great. Yeah, and, you know, and that's why I, like, I. that's why I think people, I had many different friends throughout high school. Uh-huh. And I think that's why I floated from friend like, yeah. different, like, the same clique generally, but at one point I was more friends with one person, you know, you go. But I just, if somebody wanted to hear what they wanted to hear, they came to me. Exactly. You know, and don't be that person. Yeah, it's not good. I'm not, it's not a good person to us. be. Yeah, you shouldn't have been, you know. But I think, though, to be fair to young people, they're so uncertain about everything. Yes. Like, I remember being so uncertain. Like, I mean, I remember, like, like I think, when I think back to myself as a young person, I think I was the biggest airhead in the planet. Well, so uncertain, but then at the same time, you think you know it all. I know, it's really Like, is there anything more obnoxious than I don't know anything, but I know everything. <laughs> you know? You know, I'm so, I don't know. I remember I had this, oh, I had a friend who was a raging feminist, and I just, I would, like, and she was one of those battle cry feminist people, you know? Yeah, and you just. She was way ahead of her time. But I was just like, oh, yeah. I mean, I never, I never got on the wagon with her 
But she never said anything. I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. You know, and she was also an animal rights activist, you know. Yeah. And and I was like, yeah, every animal rights activist. Yeah, now yeah, we're doing yeah. this. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, and, and you think, and I think, when I think back, I, I mean, I, I just like, I do not even want to re- remember that that person existed. <laughs> like that you were so stupid. Stupid, yeah. And, but I do, I do think, though, that... It, I was that stupid, and this is nothing against my parents, really. Mm-hmm. But I really wasn't formed, right? Well, and that's why I think it's so important, especially so if there's ladies listening that have very young children. Mm-hmm. Now's your time to sow those seeds, right, in them as they're growing, so they know how to choose a good friend, right? You know, like they know. I mean, but the soul has to be constantly formed and nurtured, nurtured, so that you know when they get to a certain age, they're going to look for the people that sing to their soul. Right. So, and that, and I think that goes back to the home in itself, and what you're doing at home, and the values, and the the. Um, I'll use the word pastimes for lack of a better word that you're instilling in them right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, you know, just as an example, you know, if I think of a good Catholic family, I always picture, you know, singing together. Yeah. Singing good hymns and singing like, and if you're you're fostering that, that this is the goodness they'll want to be a part of and that's, and you're fostering it in a good way so that they enjoy it. Yeah. Those are the friends that, if and that becomes their passion and this is, what they know is good and true and holy those are the friends that hopefully they will look for because this is what they know right you know um if that makes sense i kind of know it does make sense but well i think it makes sense like you know so it don't like the i think the biggest mistake that i've made myself yeah and the biggest mistake that i see just in my you know short 37 years of thinking I'm an expert. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but this is just something I've reflected on. And I've learned like recently. Like I'm even going to say this week. <laughs> oh. That the biggest mistake that I have made in my life is not being ahead. Is thinking they're not old enough for that yet. Yeah. We're not ready for that yet. We're not yeah. there yet. Yeah. Okay. But you need to be prepared ahead of time. Right. Like thinking, you know what I'm getting at here? Like thinking yes. my kids are not, well, we don't, don't have to worry about that yet. Right. You know, kind of thing. That mentality I think is very detrimental. Uh, and I don't know why I was just living in this like um, bubble that I thought somebody else would do it for me. Right. Like that other mentality too. Oh, well, you know, okay. Or even now, you know, I think... Well, I send them to school. We got this nice school here at the church. Good, you know, two nuns and and priests and and great teachers and and they'll handle that. Yeah. You know, no. That's your job. You're the mother. Right, right. You don't just pass your kids off and and think that it's going to don't fall into the trap that it's going to work itself out is what I'm Yes. you know. Yeah. Or even like it's just a stage. Oh, that's just, just a, a stage. stage. Let no. them go through it. Like <clears throat> when things rear their head Yes. You got to be on it. Mm-hmm. Like you got to say, no, okay, I got to get you out of this or out of this yeah. stage or whatever. <clears throat> but you can't just sit passively by and wait for it to pass. No. And I mean, and one thing, because, you know, I'm de- I am dealing with a teenage daughter. And the one thing I have learned is that, you know, the biggest lie, well, there's many lies the world has fed us. But especially when it comes to teenagers, they'll you'll, you hear people say, oh, 
oh, she's just a teenager. She's, uh, you know, the hormones and she's just moody and she's this. It'll pass. It'll pass. And I'm, you know, but when those things are happening, when the, um, the hormones and the, I'm going to say, you know, teenagers have anger and, and things like that. It, you can't just assume that it's going to pass. I mean, it will, but it is your job as a mother to teach her how to control right. the emotions and the hormones and the all the things that come with teenage daughters. Uh-huh. You, you can't just throw your head back and say, this will pass. Right. Like, no, you have to teach them how to control right, right. their anger and their emotions. Because if you don't teach them when they become adults... It's not, it's not like, okay, I'm 20 now and I know how to control these. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't work like that, you know, so. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty grateful because I know I did a lot of things right. But I also know I did a lot of things wrong. Yeah. You know, and um, you find that out, unfortunately, when they're old. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, okay, I messed that up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's never too late. Prayer and sacrifice is never, never too, too late. late. Yeah. Never too late to get at it. All right. So let's go back here to our book. Quote, a true friend should have sufficient experience of the world to discover and make known its dangers and difficulties. Her knowledge of life should be such as to understand its necessities and proprieties. To discern what is unavoidable and dangerous and wrong in any situation and to point out the means of successfully escaping it. A woman who, after having some time been the slave of the world, has returned to better dispositions may be very useful to the younger the younger portion of her sex who are exposed to the same dangers. Enlightened and fortified by experience, she is capable of rendering a great service to those who are as yet ignorant and untried in the perils of life. End quote. I'm not sure that's the right word. What word? To the younger portion. Like, I think there's a word, I think there's a letter missing there. Oh. The younger something of her sex. I can't read that word because the print in this book is not very good. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Well, we'll just, the younger peoples of her sex. I, I'm assuming that's what it means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, you kind of touched a bit the, about, a little bit about this on the last part. Because when I was reading this, this part, what I was thinking about was the podcast that we did uh, now two weeks ago mm-hmm. where we talked about the tree of knowledge right right and um that and about curiosity and you don't have a need to know evil which is true right. you don't have a need to know evil but you do have to prepare yourself right and your children right you can't be ignorant, ignorant. yes you know um, and, and we did, I'm just, I'm going to just tell people that we did have a religious reach out to us yeah. over the podcast mm-hmm. and, um, because they were, they're, uh, an atom, they're, they're a, um, strong, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a pusher. I don't know. No, it's <laughs> a supporter sound. of a, a certain book. book. Yeah. Um, that is out there. It's called, what is it called? Parents, children's. Parents, children, and the facts of life. And they said that um, it's very important that we know the difference between ignorance and innocence. Right. That 
Ignorance is bliss is not correct. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is trouble. Innocence is blessed. Bliss. 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 Right. <laughs> bliss. Right. So, but anyway, so we, we had a nice talk with them and um, they didn't, they, they didn't say we, we said anything wrong. It was just that they felt that there was a huge hole missing in what parents were teaching their children. Right. That they were not focusing enough on the birds and the bees, to put it <laughs> simply. Yeah. Right? And that there was a whole area that is, is lacking in the raising of the children because we're trying to keep them innocent. Right. Right? But thus keeping them innocent, we're creating them ignorant. Right. And it's innocent is not the same as yeah ignorant. so anyway i mean we're not going to get into it right, right now, now but we might but we are kind of well i'm reading the book myself you're right reading now. the book and that's what and that's what i'm gonna tell you okay this is gonna sound so weird and like you may go okay whatever i've read chapter one yeah this week yeah i spent i'm not going to lie a good three hours uh-huh. The on the reading chapter one, I spent about three hours making notes from this one chapter. Right. I learned in this one, the first chapter of the book. My, my, um, I'll use the word epiphanies. You know, yeah. Like I was like, right. And one of the things I'll just touch on it just brace briefly because it really was like this is the such a misconception. And I talked to my mom about it. it was the false realism. Yeah. That we allow ourselves to fall into. So I'm, I mean, I won't go into it because it'll detract from what we're reading about here. But, but this is like, this is um, what we just read here in the book. Is very prevalent to this as well, because we are talking about. We just read it. You know that she should have a true friend should have sufficient experience. Yes. Right? So when you're thinking about your children and them growing up and, and you raising these children, you don't want them to go out into the world ignorant. Yes. You want them to go out into it innocent. And prepared. and per- Innocent, but prepared. Yes. You know? Because, I mean, from a religious, um, and I'm talking about a religious as in people, um, the religious people viewpoint the children are not being prepared for the world. Right. Right? Because we're keeping them too innocent. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to be, um, what I think is they're, they're going out, they're not prepared, and that's how, how we lose them. Right. Because right. they're just being they get led sucked down, up into the world. And they get led down garden paths yes. really quickly. Right. You know, so um, that's, we're... I think, you know, that maybe we're almost done this book. Maybe we will. We won't read from the book because also we should also. It is available on um, Mary Macklin Queen Center. Yeah. So you can buy it. But we're not going to read from the book because it is also. It is a book that, you know, it's for parents. It's not for children. Yeah. To read. It's for parents to read. 
there's details and information in there so you do have to keep it away from your children um also too it's a bit of sensitive subject it's so just, yeah so you know, I being don't, on the airwaves read being <laughs> on the airwaves you know you just don't want to say these things i mean i don't want to say these no. things and because you don't know who's listening or no. whatever but i will but, say like but i am reading the book myself and i want to read it and finish the whole book myself first anyways yeah but um, anyway, well, just as a little insight into this book, the book has a picture on it of a man and a woman um, hold like hold, with their arms, a toddler in between them, toddler. Yeah. And accordingly, that is when you should start reading the book. That is when this process begins. begins. Yes. Right? Not when they're 12 or 13 or whatever and yeah. you decide it's time to sit down and have a talk. One actually, it says that, I'm just going to touch on this just quickly. It says that in the book, that this subject should not be approached as a, let's sit down, let's talk about this, have a talk, yeah. and then we're done. Right. You know? It's a lifetime it's involved. A, it, it's like, this is like, you need to start when they're younger, and it, you need to in, integrate it into their life. Right. As they're growing up. So. Yeah. Anyways, but we'll, anyway, let's we'll go back, back to this book. <laughs> back to friends, although now everybody I know, we, everybody wants to know. Yeah, but that's what women do. We jump around like this. Don't we, we jump around. Okay, so quote, again, a true friend will be frank and courageous. For courage is necessary to warn a young woman of a danger which she does not perceive and to withdraw from her a position, the consequences of which she does not foresee. She will be, dis be discreet and prudent. For a secret should be safe with her to whom it is communicated. As an advice should, re as an advice received should have a guarantee in the prudence of her who gives it. End quote. Yeah, um, I think what I got from what I took from that was that oftentimes we lose true friends mm -hmm. because we're not willing to hear what they have to say. Right. Right. So you know, and that, and and maybe it's not. It's because our heart starts going in a different direction. Right. Right. So your friend's going, huh, I don't think that's wise. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think you're doing something good. Like, you shouldn't do that. But you're like, okay, well, I'm not listening to you. I'm over here with these people now. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it does really revolve around the heart. Yes. Like, you can have true friends. But if you're not willing to listen to them and your heart's not, you know, in a state where it wants to listen to them. Yeah. Then you quickly move to find your your click right your people that are going to speak to your heart well even i think about it you know because facebook has a way we've talked about this before of keeping people relevant in our lives that are not relevant and i see i've seen i've been privy to i've talked about this i've been privy to creeping people so i see people on facebook that i went to high school with and they're still friends yeah okay and i obviously so i went to a public secular high school i'm not uh -huh. friends with one single person I went to high school with. And I think in my head, there's no possible way I could be friends. None. With any of the people I went to high school with. And, you know, the moment I decided to um, come back and um, reunite with my family, if you've heard my story on Catholic Family Podcast, um, I fell away for five years. But the moment I came back to my family, I lost Everyone, and I say lost happily when I say this, that was a bad influence to me. Yeah. They all dis 
appeared because the two did not go together. Right. There's no possible way that I could come back to the faith, reconnect with my family, and still be with friends with these evil people. Um, I shouldn't say evil, but <laughs> that's not very charitable, not very nice. I take that back. But um, they they were interested in evil things, I'm going to say. Well, they were definitely interested in keeping you from your family. Right. So, the, so in that the aspect, two did it, not, was evil, it was evil, right? You know. The two did not go together. There, there was no way I could have maintained this friendship, you know? So, I mean, how did I get on that topic? I've lost my train of thought. Well, just um, losing friends, like just you, yeah, you just lose them, right? Like because they you don't they didn't, and they, they were really nasty. oh they removed themselves. That's yeah. where you're going with this. They removed themselves. And I they had, were really nasty to you, right? Like I had no when I came back to reunite with my family, I had no intention of cutting anybody out of my life, right? I mean because I was like I just did that with my family. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to cut anybody out of my life, but so that's why I was going with this. They removed themselves because it didn't gel. It didn't fit. And they were really angry. They were really angry. They were really mad. Like, and I find that in a lot of cases, like I said, you know, I mean, it's not that I, I'm unwilling to be your friend. You're unwilling to be mine. Yes. Like, you know, like you're unwilling to be mine because I'm too staunch and I'm too stiff and I'm too, and I say, you know, and I'm standing here and I go, yeah, no, abortion is wrong. Yeah. You know, I, I'm like, no, you know, like eventually. And there was a line in um, uh, Brideshead Revisited. Have I said this line you know, Well, I don't know, but. It's like it's on one of my all-time favorites where Charles, uh, Sebastian, who's the Catholic, a rotten Catholic, and Charles is an agnostic. And they're there. And they're like, they're, they're like young men. And um, Sebastian says, I wish I liked Catholics more. And Charles, his agnostic, goes, he goes, uh, why? Why? They're just like everybody else. He goes, that is precisely what they are not. Yeah. He goes, oh, they try to hide it, mm-hmm. but it eventually comes out. <laughs> you know, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that's such the truth. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, not for me anymore because I'm old and I just don't mm-hmm. have time for that. But, you know, when I'm younger, yeah. you go around with all these secular people and I'm talking, you know, and, and I had a whole, like I was married to a secular person, you know, and, and he had friends. And so I was always with these people. So you're going around with them and you're acting like you're trying to be like you're just one of the group. But right. everything they do, you don't like. Yes. And it eventually does come out. out. Yeah. You know, and then you just turn into, you know, Doug's religious wacko wife you know <laughs> you know like it's just what happens that's, so be it <laughs> i guess that's what i am <laughs> you know that, and you just you have to just adjust yourself yes okay everybody just thinks i'm a religious wacko and i mean when you if you're when you're spiritually strong enough and you you are like you can call me whatever you want because i really don't care i only care how i look in the eyes of our lord right you know, so, you know? and I know, and I'm saying this because I, I saw it as a kid. I, I heard and I saw people say things about my mother. Yeah. Like how she was a religious nut job. You hear them say all these nasty things. And I remember thinking in my head, oh, man, how does she stand that? 
Yeah. Like, how does she stand that people are out there saying this about her? But now that I'm older and I, well, I'm not going to say that you felt this way, but I, in my head, I'm like, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they think. It matters what God thinks. And I, and And I'm not interested in what they think. And I don't mean to be rude, but they weren't that important to me. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, but (laughs) like as a kid, I was like. They were, they were my eye rolling. So like, okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, whatever. You guys do you. You. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways, okay, we'll finish up this chapter here. We only got a little bit left. Uh, Quote, a friendship of this description will prove a source of much blessing and happiness for a young woman. It will guard her against many dangers and save her from many faults. It will moderate her grief in the time of affliction and support her fainting hopes and raise them towards heaven. It will sustain her faltering virtue, direct her thoughts to elevated objects, restrain her feelings within proper bounds and give to her whole life that religious tone which will be a preservation against the contingent to which a young woman is always more or less exposed in the world one day perhaps when about to quit the world she will cast a parting look upon the past and in viewing the difficulties with which her past was beset she will bless the friendly hand that helped her to surmount them and the image of her who was her tutelary angel will defend her in the last moments, hovering around her as a pledge of the happiness which God reserves for her in a better life and as anticipated recompense for her confidence and docility. End quote. End of chapter. And there's our tutelary, tutelary angel. angel. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. She was the tutelary angel. Yeah. So at the end, the whole chapter is summed up very simply with Pick friends that love Jesus and Mary. Yeah, it, yeah, it, <laughs> you know, it literally sums it up that way, right? You know, I mean, because they're always they'll be thinking of your best interest. They're always there for, like, you know, they think about what's good and right and true. And I mean, when you're thinking about things spiritually and you're thinking about things for what's next for us, I mean, at the end of it all, do we really not want a friend? Like, okay, so whoever dies first right yeah do you want do you not want a friend well i guess yeah it doesn't really matter who dies first do you want a friend that's gonna either a be in heaven and purgatory praying for you yeah um or do you want to because i don't presume to know where people go but i'm just saying like it may hopefully in heaven praying for you yeah or do you want a friend um and you're you're still here on earth and you're praying for them yeah if they're in purgatory or you know what I mean. Yeah, like you want people to pray you for you. You want people that are going to pray for you and support you spiritually. Yeah. That are going to better you and lift you up spiritually on the ladder. And, and let's, okay, let's be, think about this for a minute too, because I said earlier in the book about, you know, a friend will backstab you. Faster, yeah. Faster than, you know, anybody, you know, yeah. you can think of. Because they get, they have more of an opportunity. They're closer to you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Catholics who pray the litany of humility, mm-hmm. that others may be loved more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire Beautiful it. Beautiful litany. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's my favorite, mm-hmm. right, to think about, you know, that others may be praised and I set aside, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. Yeah. Like, that's a true friend. Right. You know, so when you're... When, when goodness comes, you're just, you know, you're happy for them. That others maybe that, that they're getting praise and notified, you know, and you're happy. But like these other friends, these secular friends, they're not, they're not pleased to see you get ahead. Yeah. They're not, uh, 
Well, first of all, usually they're so miserable. They don't want anybody. They're like little devils, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the devil wants, that's what the devil wants. He wants everybody to be miserable with him. Mm-hmm. Like, so you want friends that are like the devil that just want everybody to be miserable with them? Mm-hmm. Or friends that say, Jesus, you know, that others may be praised and I set aside. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. You know, that's who you want for your friend. Yeah. Somebody who believes those words. Like you should believe those words. Like you should be that friend. Mm -hmm. You know, that my friend gets praised and I get set aside. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Okay. And I mean, that's a very good point. So like, and I mean, we always have to, in everything, I think, in everything, you can take it back to say, you know, I need to work on myself because... If I'm not a good friend, I'm not going to find a good friend. Right. You know, like this, it's not just about, and I think we, we, we sometimes fall into a delusion where we're, we're constantly putting the onus. And I mean, I said this before, but it's very important. And I've realized we're constantly putting the onus on somebody else. I can't do this because they're doing that to me or I can't, you know, and yeah. we, everything starts with us. It starts with us and it ends with us. And right. whatever else, if you're not spiritually working on yourself to better yourself, yeah, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, if you're not working on yourself, you don't go out and work on other people. You work on yourself, you know, and if you're working on yourself and you're spiritually trying to better yourself, you are going to attract those spiritually better people as well. Right. And I do have to say in my old age, well, I mean, maybe for the, maybe the last 20 years, I have probably found the best friends in the whole world. You're welcome. Yeah, you know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, and what I love about my friends is I cannot talk to them for like a year. Yeah. She's ta- uh, She's not talking about. I'm not talking. I'm talking about legit friends. <laughs> legit friends, not, not relations. Not daughters that are like friends, but legit friends. Yeah, I know. I'm just. You know, and, and we, you know, and I, I have some that the, we get together and it's like we've never been apart. And you can just pick. And the, I mean, there were memes about that, like that type of friend that you don't have to be in their back pocket. pocket yeah. Like you can just pick like. You pick can, up and go from where you left off two and, years ago. Yeah. And it's like you've never been apart. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful thing. Well, because I think you're spiritually united. Right. You know, so. You know, so is I love my friends that mm-hmm. I have now. I've, I mean. Yeah, you said at the beginning of this podcast, you don't have friends. And that's not true. That's a lie. That was a lie, Mom. That's, that's not true. You do have friends. <laughs> Yeah, I do have. <laughs> I just thought of that. What I think she means when she says that, and I the way sec- I, I meant secular, friends. secular friends, and not only that, like you don't have friends that you know come over every week, and you're like, well, like you said, in each other's back pockets. It's not that type of friendship. No. Yeah. No. I. I mean, the friends I have are um, Dis- distant. They don't live around here. For I mean, one. The, the people that I call my best friends don't live in Canada, even yeah. so. And I, if they're listening, I think they know who they are. <laughs> if you're listening, you guys know who you, you are. are. You so. ladies. Anyways, well, we'll leave it there because we're just over the hour now. But we'll next week we'll be hopefully be back. And uh, the chapter we're heading into next week is chapter twenty, and it's on works of mercy. Ooh. So, and it's a very short chapter. So I think these all these chapters are, they, are. Oh, actually, no, maybe not. I think I. Well, yeah, it's still pretty short. Yeah. So anyway, so so we'll be back and we'll be talking about uh, uh, works of mercy 
next yep. time. So we'll move on to a new subject. So until then, we hope you all have a very blessed week. May our Lord bless you and Our Lady guide you always. And St. Teresa, Teresa, pray for us. Pray for us.